Chapter 9 Vampire of the City After informing my lieutenants and the other members of the ruling council of where I was going and what I intended to do, I told everybody that if they did not hear from me after a week, then they should send the full force of vampire society to find me and to kill anybody in their path if they were unable to do so immediately. I got on a plane bound for New York City. I travelled the 2,000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean to the United States of America and from the moment that I touched down on American soil, I started my hunt for Ophelia, for the sun that she told me about and for the mobsters that were threatening their life. Before Ophelia and I had ended our telephone call, I asked her to tell me all that she knew about these mobsters that were threatening her life and our son's life and Ophelia was able to provide me with some locations that might be worth investigating, as well as her contact details and where I might find her after I arrived in the United States. You see, back then, in the 1980s, there were no mobile phones. Well, there were, but they were very large in comparison to how they are these days in the 21st century. But they were few and far between and what people used to communicate with one another was an example of technology which was still in its infancy and vastly less advanced than how technology is today. I knew that when I landed in the United States I would have to make the most of all the information that I had been provided with but above all else I would have to rely upon my vampiric gifts and my own investigative instincts in order to find Ophelia our son, and these mobsters that she spoke of. Before I knew it, I arrived in New York City. Upon arriving in the purported city that never sleeps, I did not waste any time before beginning my search for Ophelia's whereabouts, because at that time I did not wish to do anything but find Ophelia and confront her face to face so that I could discover the truth from her about where she had been in between all those years since the last time we had seen one another. I wanted to know what she had been doing, and most importantly, was she telling me the truth about the two of us having a child together, and whether their life was truly in jeopardy. I arrived at the apartment building where Ophelia supposedly lived, which Ophelia had shared the address of with me over the phone, a little after eight o'clock in the evening, and I spent another two hours watching and waiting outside to observe who entered and who came from both the front entrance on the ground floor and the metal fire escapes that ran down the length and the breadth of the old brick building. I did not observe anyone who gave me any reason to be concerned. However, I considered that I might very well be walking headlong into a trap of some kind, some plan that Ophelia might have concocted to ensnare me, perhaps to kill me, again. I mean, it was not out of the realms of possibility that she might, right? She had attempted to do so in the past, so I was naturally cautious as to what and who I might encounter when I entered Ophelia's apartment. At about 10 o'clock, I decided that I had waited long enough to discover what was really going on. So as quickly and as quietly as I could, I effortlessly climbed the fire escape at the front of Ophelia's apartment building to the fourth floor, to the window that I had identified belonged to Ophelia's apartment, 
which was unlocked, I noticed immediately. Then I entered Ophelia's apartment via the unlocked window that led directly into what looked like her bedroom. Of course, all far too easy for me to achieve than it should have been, especially when dealing with someone with the reputation of Ophelia. However, while still keeping all those thoughts that I was having in mind, I proceeded to make my way down a hallway to the main living area of the apartment. As soon as I entered into the living area, I saw what I thought was the back of Ophelia's head, slumped face down, whose face was only being illuminated by the light being generated from the large screen of the television that was showing an episode of some science fiction television show, Star Trek, I think. I was initially understandably in shock at the sight of who and what I thought I saw, but that initial feeling of shock was quickly replaced by a feeling of rage. However, what I felt in that instant did not last long, and I did not get a chance to walk around to see Ophelia's face, nor a chance to leave her apartment, because as I attempted to walk around to the other side of the room, I was unceremoniously struck on the back of my head by an unknown assailant and sent falling to the floor, where I lay for an unrecalled amount of time after being knocked unconscious. The next thing I knew, I was waking up in a dark and abandoned warehouse near the Hudson River and staring into the eyes of someone who was the mirror image of myself. Someone, something who looked and sounded when they spoke exactly like I did. A shapeshifter. Hello, said the shapeshifter with a smile, with my smile. What a beautiful night, wouldn't you say, your majesty? Asked the mirror image of myself standing in front of me who not only looked and sounded just like me, but who also appeared to go to the same tailor as me, because his black suit also looked identical to the one that I was wearing. So, what's it like looking at yourself and having to entertain the reality that there could always be somebody somewhere who can look, sound, and potentially become you at any given moment? Doesn't that make you feel small, insignificant? Doesn't that make you feel less interesting? Doesn't the thought that someone like me can come along and take your identity so easily instantly fill you with dread? By the way, I know who you are. I know what you are. In fact, I know everything that Ophelia knew about you because, because I extracted all knowledge of you from her before I, before I killed her. Oh, you wouldn't believe how thrilled I was to have found her, poor little Ophelia, when I did. Literally at death's door and attempting to kill herself by throwing herself off the Brooklyn Bridge. I can still remember what it felt like to penetrate her mind, to stare into her soul and to sample her genetic structure so that I could replicate her physical appearance, so that I could become her if and when I needed to. At first, I wasn't exactly sure who or even what she was, but as soon as I penetrated her mind, it didn't take me long to realise that she was a vamp, the queen of the vampires, no less. However, a queen apparently in exile, in pain and far away from the place where she wanted to be and with whom she wanted to be with, namely you, your majesty.
said the shapeshifter in my voice. I must admit that even though it was very weird to be in a situation where I was effectively talking to myself, it was at the same time a fascinating experience, being tied up in that chair, looking into the eyes of someone who looked exactly like me, but someone who would in reality have no chance at all of actually becoming me or knowing what it was like to be me. You okay? You awake? I thought you would be more talkative. At least that was my impression of you that Ophelia's memories gave me. But expectations rarely match up to reality, am I right? I suppose it must be very much like eventually meeting someone who you've been looking forward to meeting and instead of being as great as you thought they would be, they turn out to be a dud. Or maybe that is just me. Maybe I'm being too forward. I feel like I am dominating the conversation way too much. Am I? If so, then I apologise wholeheartedly. But I must admit that I am quite the motor mouth, as they say. Sometimes. I can admit to that. Must be my lightning-fast mind and my ever-changing molecular structure. I also have a very fast metabolism also, so there's that. Anyway, Your Majesty, I've got to say that this... This is truly an honour for me. Meeting you. You know, the Vampire King and all. It took a lot of confidence on my part to come up with the plan to draw you here... To trap you so that I could, so that I could, said the shapeshifter, who may have looked exactly like me, but whose voice over time became distorted as if they were developing a Southern American accent. All the while that I was sitting there listening to the shapeshifter, and as they were talking to me, I could sense that they were constantly attempting to penetrate my mind. Most likely exactly as he must have done to Ophelia and learned so much about her and me. But unfortunately for him, he seemed to be having more trouble breaking through my mental defences. At this point, this shapeshifter had yet to fully realise a great many things. And one of the things being that I was not like every other vamp that he might have encountered in this universe. Because I was not from this universe. I was a different breed of vampire, because I was not from this world. Aha! Hmm. Yeah, you, you, you are definitely, definitely, definitely going to be a challenge, I can tell. But, you know what, like my mother used to say to me while I was growing up, it's one thing to look like someone else, but becoming someone else can sometimes take a bit longer to perfect. You have got to watch people, learn from people, find a way into their soul, and that is not as easy to do as to replicate the same face that someone wears every day. My mom used to say that some people are more complicated than others, but one thing that I've learned for myself about people over the years is that everybody has cracks and everybody has a breaking point. And when you find what you need to find to use to let you into whoever a person is, that is when who somebody is, is all yours for the taking. It's only a matter of time before I find your breaking point, your majesty. And when I do, I will become you. 
and afterwards you will most likely be swimming with the fishes at the bottom of the Hudson River. Don't worry, Your Majesty. I'm patient. I'm patient, said the shapeshifter, still wearing their facade that looked exactly like my face, my clothes, as they slowly walked towards me and then bent down slightly until we were both eye to eye with one another. And for all the time that the shapeshifter was talking to me, what was I doing? What was I thinking? What was I feeling as I just continued to sit there, where I had remained since I awoke, as I stared at my own facsimile, my duplicate, standing there in front of me? Was I afraid? Was I worried? Did I feel terrorised? Did I feel angry, perhaps? No, 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 no. In fact, I was amused at this, this thing who looked like me and seemingly wanted to be me, actually believed that he would succeed in doing what he had set out to do. I was so amused by this, by this thing, this shapeshifter, that I opened my eyes as wide as I could and I started to laugh. I burst into such a fit of laughter, the like of which I had not done so before nor since, because, like I said, I was amused. I was entertained. Why? Because I knew that the more this shapeshifter kept talking, I would become even more enraged until the moment that I decided to break free of my restraints and kill them because I could no longer take any more. However, before I did eventually decide to break free, I decided to play along for a little while longer so that I could find out more about who and what exactly this shapeshifter was and where he came from. Because, in all honesty, at this point in time, this thing who was speaking to me, this shapeshifter, they were unlike anything or anybody that I ever encountered. A person copier. So, you know who I am, correct? I asked the shapeshifter, as I looked at them and as I studied the one who appeared to be wearing an unnatural approximation a mimetic facade of my own face and physical appearance from my head to my toes. I do indeed, your majesty, replied the shapeshifter with a voice that was a near and yet imperfect approximation of my own voice which had an unmistakable variance to it that someone with a trained sense of hearing like my own would notice immediately. You know who I am. You know what I am. You know where I come from, correct? I asked, to which the shapeshifter nodded their heads slowly in acknowledgement. You know me. You look like me. However, at this point in time, I have absolutely no idea who you are, besides that you love your mother, I asked with a slight smirk, because now more than ever I was becoming genuinely intrigued to discover who indeed my captor was and potentially uncover what their ultimate motivations were. Me? replied the shapeshifter with surprise in his voice, my voice. I nodded, while continuing to smile and maintain direct eye contact with the shapeshifter at all times. The shapeshifter smiled, and then they backed away from me and began to pace back and forth in front of me with both arms behind their back. Oh, I'm just a... I'm just a... Someone... Someone with dreams of grandeur, you could say. Someone who has always had an insight into the way that people tick 
and what people want and desire, replied the shapeshifter, who I intently followed with my eyes wherever he chose to walk. Really? How, how, how fascinating. How, how, how industrious of you to use the gifts that you were born with to better yourself. I'm guessing that the other members of your family also have your ability. Your mother? Your father? I asked. Excuse me? asked the shapeshifter, as he suddenly stopped pacing and he looked directly at me with what looked like an expression of confusion on his face. My face. My family? What? What? What do you mean? asked the shapeshifter who slowly but surely appeared to be losing his obviously false demeanour of confidence. At this point, I was doing everything that I could to get under the skin of the shapeshifter, so to speak, and in a similar fashion to how they had appeared to have got under my skin, just enough to have been able to replicate my physicality. Your family. I'm assuming that you still have one. You mentioned your mother not long ago, I asked with a constant smile on my face that grew the more that I was talking to the shapeshifter. I... I stood at the shapeshifter. It appeared that I had struck a nerve. Oh, and while we're on the subject of genetics, may I ask, are you male or are you female? You do have a definitive gender, do you not? I asked, genuinely just asking anything and everything that came into my mind at that given moment. I, I, what, what, what the hell? What the hell are you trying to do, huh? You think that this is some kind of heart to heart or something? Asked the shapeshifter with a raised voice as they once again started to walk directly towards me, noticeably angry about the line of questioning that I was asking him. Wait, you mean this isn't some kind of a game? Oh, how unfortunate. What I mean to say is that you know so much about me, so why would it be so unusual for me to know more about you? To be honest, I'm not surprised that you have not asked more questions about who I am. Probably because you think you already know everything about me, correct? You see, you might be able to pull off a near approximation of what I look like and what I sound like, but I have to say that in terms of who and what I truly am and what I can do, well, let's just say that you have no idea who you are dealing with, I replied with a wide-eyed grin. Oh, really, Your Majesty? Is that what you think? Well, I've got to tell you that I probably know you better than you know yourself. You underestimate me if you think you know what I am capable of and where my abilities will one day take me, replied the shapeshifter with an impassioned smile. Really? Really? Oh, please. I mean, I'm sure that that was exactly what your mother told you while you were growing up. But the truth is that I do not see you achieving anything close to whatever dream you have in your mind. And do you know why? I asked as I looked into the eyes of the shapeshifter as they got closer and closer once again to where I was seated. And why is that, your majesty? replied the shapeshifter as they reached a distance of perhaps a metre away from where I was sitting. Because, my friend, you, you... You are a monster. However, I, I, I am a god, I said with a smile.
before I easily broke free of my restraints and I launched myself forwards and then I bit into the shapeshifter's neck with my teeth and I kept on biting until I believed that there was not even a drop of mimetic blood left in his body which had slowly reverted back into its original form following my attack which appeared to be that of an aged looking woman in her 60s if I were to guess their age. After I was satisfied that the shapeshifter was most definitely deceased, I immediately made plans to return to England. However, I must admit that for the entirety of my journey home, I began to feel a change within me that I could not account for, nor easily explain the reason for at the time. But I knew without a shadow of a doubt in my mind that I was in the process of a transformation.